In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about PUFAs. What are they? What can they do to the body? What should we be doing instead of consuming PUFAs? And all of that fun stuff. So if this seems interesting to you, continue listening to hear more about it. Welcome to the Booty and Bougie podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. I created this podcast for a space to talk about all things fitness, health, and wellness from my personal experiences to what has helped my clients, as well as a little mom life chats from the good, the bad, and the struggles. Sit back, grab your cozy blanket or your favorite drink, and let's get into it. I am very excited to be talking about PUFAs today. It is something that I have been learning slowly this year and really incorporating into my life as I'm on the journey of healing my metabolism, as well as getting off of birth control and really learning more in depth about my food rather than just making sure that my plate is balanced and just really making sure that what I'm eating is actually properly fueling my body so that I'm feeling the best in my body, not just feeling bloated or inflamed or groggy or just gross. I just want to, you know, give that little bit of extra boot boost. (laughs) What am I trying to say? Extra boost and knowledge so that I can just feel my best. And as well as, you know, grant that knowledge to my clients so that they also can feel their best. If you are unfamiliar to what PUFAs are and what they can be causing the body, let's quickly go over it. PUFAs are fat sources that cause inflammation in the body due to the fact that they quickly oxidize under the presence of heat or light. And you may be like, okay, but what does that have anything to do with our body? Well, let's get into that. Our waking temp, like if you take a thermometer to your mouth before you've done anything should roughly be around 97.8 Fahrenheit. That's pretty warm. Like we're meant to be warm bodied. And if we're ingesting these PUFAs with having that warm temperature, there can be issues and causes that arise after having large consumption over time of these PUFAs. And let's talk about what these exact issues can arise. These issues may look like suppressed metabolism and thyroid, damaged mitochondria, inhibited protein absorption, accelerated aging, decreased immunity and weight loss, disrupted hormone production. As you can tell, things that really can just be super damaging over time that can be frustrating, like the weight loss, um, the accelerated aging, maybe the hormones and not even understanding what's going on in your body just because of something that you might not have even known about. To give you a better understanding of what these PUFAs look like, rather than me just like talking about them and being like, okay, and like, what should I be avoiding or what should I be slowly starting to eliminate? Because I will say, ain't no way you're going to just fully cut these things out and loosen the tie on them and just be like, okay, see ya, we're done. Trust me. As someone who used to ingest these all the time, pretty much every single day, it was quite a task to get them 
limited and or fully cut out because my body seriously craved the shit out of them. Okay, the first thing is huffa, which is highly unsaturated fats. Think things like vegetable oils and seed oils. The next one is called a huffa. These are polyunsaturated fats, things like nuts and seeds. This is your peanut butter, y'all. I did not know this, and this one killed me to the very core of me. I can't tell you how sad I was because I loved peanut butter. I would crave peanut butter. Do I have peanut butter every once in a while? Yeah, for sure, because again, it's something that I loved, but it's not something that I crave anymore. And when I was taking this course, Freely Rooted, um, she had kind of talked about how and I'm going to give this analogy because I've also give it to one of my clients and it really helped them understand when animals go to hibernate for the winter. So like your squirrels, your bears, they normally ingest a bunch of nuts and seeds. So that way they're slowing their metabolism down. And that's essentially what these polyunsaturated fats are doing is they're slowing your metabolism down because it's taking so long for them to be breaking down. You can do things like, you know, soaking your nuts and your seeds because it helps break down them a little bit more, which is why animals put the nuts and seeds under the ground for a period of time is to kind of help break it down so their body can digest it a little bit easier. But yeah, that just gives you a brief overview of being like, oh shit, okay, maybe I, sh I shouldn't be consuming as much. The one above it is not as bad as the rest of them, so you may be able to consume it a little bit more. Still try to limit it, but again, it's not as bad. This is a muffa, which is monosaturated fats. These are things like avocados, olive oil. If you are using olive oil, you should use like the extra virgin 100% olive oil and making sure that you're using the glass jars that are dark because again, the light that can be penetrating it could oxidize it. And if you're like, okay, you shared all that with me. Now, what should we be having? The thing that is called saturated fats. These are the things that your body can digest a lot better. It's not causing any inflammation in the body. You're getting all of the vitamins such as vitamin K2, A, D, and E. So the saturated fats are coconut, coconut oil, coconut milk, butter, ghee preferably grass-fed butter and ghee and things like unpasteurized milk unpasteurized cheeses unfortunately unpasteurized milk is a lot harder to find in canada unpasteurized cheese you can get away with it as long as it's been aged for over a year or two um, the grocery store i find my unpasteurized cheese is no frills it is a little bit more expensive definitely feels a lot easier on the stomach. Don't get as much gas. It doesn't have any of the extra shit that most cheeses have. But yeah, that gives you a good overview of what saturated fats are and just the fact that they are a lot more easier for your body to digest. If you are needing more further explanation and evidence, I picked up this book called Nourishing Traditions. It's a cookbook, but also gives a lot of background knowledge and understanding to fats, carbohydrates, and proteins, as well as has some 
research and background information into the past that is very interesting. I found this book from Corey, who I took the Freely Rooted course by, which I will list the book and her in the show notes so that if you want to look a little bit more into it yourself, that you are more than welcome to do so. So this part that I highlighted and I'm going to go over, I'm just going to give like a quick brief overview. I'm not going to read everything word for word so that you get a general idea of it for yourself. Before 1920, heart disease was rare in America. And then it goes on to say during the next 40 years, however, the indication of heart disease rose dramatically so much that by the 1950s, heart disease was the leading cause of death among Americans. Today, heart disease causes at least 40% of all U.S. deaths. As if we have been told, Heart disease is caused by consumption of saturated fats. One would expect to find a corresponding increase in animal fat in the American diet. Actually, the reverse is true. During the 60th period from 1910 to 1970, the proportion of traditional animal fat in American diet declined from 83% to 62%, and the butter consumption plummeted from 18 pounds per person per year to four. During the past 80 years, dietary cholesterol intake has increased by only 1%. During the same period, the percentage of dietary vegetable oils in the form of margarine shortening refined oils increased 400%, while the consumption of sugar and processed foods increased to about 60%. So if that doesn't give you a great indication that, you know, other things in our life have changed that it's not just because of animal fats I think it speaks for itself and it was very mind-boggling to me because I was like what the hell all the things that they're saying that is causing us these issues when you look at evidence there's other things that were you know put into our life that could be causing it as well So with all that being said, I don't want you to come to the end of this episode feeling scared, feeling discouraged, or, you know, feel like, damn it, I need to throw out all these things and just start from scratch. No, just come into it now thinking of it as opening up your lenses. You're going to start checking your packaged food, seeing what type of oils that could be in there. Because trust me, the other day I had seasoning guys straight up seasoning pumpkin spice seasoning in my cabinet that i used in my coffee and then after i was like i don't know what in tarnation made me think i should check and see what ingredients are in here oh right it was because i was like oh i wonder if i can like remake this at home just like with using the seasonings that i have because i was almost out and there was canola oil in there i was like why in the flying fuck is there canola oil in this seasoning so just start, you know, analyzing what you're consuming, what's in the packaged food. And then, okay, is there another swap that I can make like a different brand? Or, you know, maybe can I swap to making it at home? That way I know exactly what I'm putting in it. Or, you know, okay, I cook with a lot of cooking oils. Maybe I'm going to start using more saturated fats like coconut oil, butter, or that ghee. And or if you're eating out lots, like having a lot of a consumption of fast food, maybe you slowly start to decrease that intake because it's really hard with 
fast food, you never know exactly what they're using for their frying and just cooking things on the pan. Take things step by step. You're not going to conquer the world in a day. I also, like I said, I found canola oil (laughs) in my pumpkin seasoning. And there are times I still eat out every once in a while. And, you know, when I want to have a snack, sometimes I'm not going to always check and see if there's inflammatory oils in it. But know that it allows you to be a little bit more hyper aware of what's in your food and knowing what might be going on in your body. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you tuning in next week for whatever might come for next week's episode.